So now we get to read scripture. Good morning, church. My name is Becky Lenz, and I'm part of the Midwood Community Group. And the scripture for today is 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7. This is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires to be a church leader, he desires an honorable position. So a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control, live wisely, have a good reputation. He must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must be able to teach. He must not be a heavy drinker or be violent. He must be gentle, not quarrelsome, and not love money. He must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. For if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? A church leader must not be a new believer, because he might become proud, and the devil would cause him to fall. Also, people outside the church must speak well of him so that he will not be disgraced and fall into the devil's trap. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, Christ Central Church. I'm sure you're now fully aware that we're doing a lot of up and down today, uh, standing up and sitting down, not to, uh, not to keep you awake, but there's a lot of elements in our worship today. Um, we're glad you could join us this morning. Um, that includes children, our babies, our youth, and everyone. What a joy it is. You know, we get to only do this like four to five times um, the entire year that we could actually gather together like this to worship the Lord. And I believe this is God's church. Amen? Amen. You, me, we all belong in this place. Amen? Okay, let's hear that one more time because I think we need encouragement, especially for our parents who have infants. They're probably thinking, wow, this is long, right? Let's, let's pray and encourage them by saying amen that they belong here. Amen? Amen. amen. Uh, church, my name is Josh Kim. I'm one of the pastors here at Christ Central Church. Um, another term that we use for my role here a church is called a teaching elder. And some of you may not be familiar with that term. But according to our book of church order, a fancy word to say how we govern our church, a teaching elder is an ordained elder whose primary job is to teach and preach. Hence the title, teaching elder. And hence you see me teaching a lot more than other guys do. And notice in that role, um, not only a role of teaching is given, but also a role of an elder is given as well. That again, because according to our BCO, Book of Church Order, a governing doctrine, teaching elders like myself will join with other ruling elders in providing spiritual oversight for the church. Together, again, together I say, not only pastors, but ruling elders and teaching elders form what we call a session the leadership body of the church. So both set of ruling and teaching elders have the same authority. We call this plurality of leaders or elders in accordance with the Bible's teaching in Titus and Acts. So we're trying to become what the scripture teaches us to have authority of the church together, not just the pastor-centered. And the question is, why am I describing all this? Well, as you saw just now, we're ordaining and installing our new set of ruling elders today. 
It is a joyous occasion, as you can see. Not only were these guys affirmed, elected by you all, but notice what Paul says in verse 1 today. He says, this is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires to be a church leader, he desires an honorable position. It says, first, the elders aspire to be in this role. English translation doesn't fully do justice here. This is not merely wanting a position or seat of authority here. This word originally means aspire can mean eagerly desire, eagerly desire for this role. And this word is actually used only three times in the entire New Testament. And when used positively, especially in Hebrews chapter 11, 6, where it says, instead they were longing, aspiring for a better country, a heavenly one. When we talk about this aspiring, it highlights a desire that is in line with the goal given by God. So it is joyful that these ordained and still elders aspire, desire for something that God wants them to have. That's what the scripture says. The second reason why this is joyous occasion is because these desires aspiring, the elders aspire an honorable position, the scripture tells us. Again, the English translation doesn't do justice here. In the original Greek, the word is better translated, the honorable position is better translated as a noble task, which means a good work. This good work, in context of 1 Timothy, when referring to the good works of the godly woman in 1 Timothy 2.10, refers to a good work that is in obedience to what God commands is a priority for all who seek to follow Christ because doing His will is their highest aim. So together, aspiring an honorable position means it's a joyful occasion because for the church of Christ, elders are the ones who are aspiring, desiring to be in line with God's goal. Not their personal desire, but their goal that aligns with God's goal to do good work that centers upon obeying God's command. So what a joyous occasion is that, isn't it? To have our leaders say, I want to follow Christ. I want to exemplify all for you all what it means to live in light of God's command. I aspire to become like Christ. That's why it's a joyful occasion. Not because you have more leaders, more say, not because these three guys are qualified, but because they're basically saying, I want to follow Christ to follow after me. What a joyous occasion that is for us. Amen? So, looking at 1 Timothy 3, we're going to look at what does that really mean for our elders to have a call. And in light of that, what we could see is, what does that mean for us now in following their examples to have this call placed upon in our lives? Two things real quickly. Elders and the Church of Christ must know that first, you're not the Christ. I am not the Christ. And of course, the second is, Christ is the only Christ, right? First is to know that you're not the Christ. In John chapter 120, John the baptizer has this famous saying when people ask him, when they're astonished by how great he was, right? When he's baptizing all these people, people ask him like, who are you? Are you the Christ? And he simply says, I'm not the Christ. Love that answer. Simple answer. But he basically says, I'm not him. I'm not him. Nor anyone in this congregation or in this world is Christ. There's only one Christ. Amen? 
And as if we were mistaken, this, the list of qualifications as we read in 1 Timothy 3 tells us that very clearly that our elders are not going to be like Christ. Or they're not Christ. They are going to be, want to be like Christ, but they're not the Christ. It says a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach. Even that alone disqualifies all of us. In light of who God is, we fall short of the standard. And we read this multiple times throughout this First Timothy sermon series. I'm not going to read this in, um, in detail for the sake of time. But just go down the list, church. Our elders and the new elders are great people. I got to know these guys, spent lots of Saturday mornings with these guys. Um, in more ways than not, they do exemplify many of these characteristics we find here. And they will be also the first ones to tell you, as much as they strive to be like this, they also fall short of this task that God places on us in 1 Timothy chapter 3. I'm not saying these are impossible tasks, so throw them out, but it is a tall task for anyone to strive after. What 1 Timothy 3 is telling us is that our elders must strive to be like this. But at the heart of striving for this makes us realize we, in fact, do not measure up. This call to lead as elders does not come from our own might and strength. What we quickly realize in reading this qualification is in order to pursue this type of character, to model this, to go after this, is simply we need Christ in our lives first and foremost. In order to be like Christ, you must first and foremost recognize that we're not the Christ. He is, and we cannot save ourselves, but only Jesus can. Leaders and the elders cannot create enough systems, programs, support, even counsel, teach, pray enough to save you or save others. In many ways, these other elders who exemplify these characteristics are called and empowered only by Christ who calls them. Another way is to say that you are an elder when you are called to lead by God's grace, to die to yourself, to recognize who Christ is. As you follow the Christ, he will make you into the person of character. He will keep you blameless. He will make you into a signpost that points others to Christ. And we need that type of elders in the church of Christ because we need to follow after leaders who will say, I am not, he is. And only reason why we could do that is because the grace of the Lord that comes to us and reminds us that truth. And this is a gospel truth, church, isn't it, this morning? Apart from grace of the Lord, we are unable to save ourselves. Every Sunday worship is a reminder of that grace. As we sit here after a long week of all the tragedies we see in the news today, all the difficulties you and I face in our world today, all the sin struggles that we have to acknowledge that we alone cannot do it apart from grace is God's reminder and grace invitation for you. So what elders are called to do is to be at the forefront modeling that for us to say, I am not the Christ, he is. So elders, new elders, as the church of Christ, we want to give you the permission to fail and fail spectacularly so that you could find Christ who will find you, who will love you, who will use you for the glory of Christ. Amen? And again, the second aspect is not only to know that he, you're not the Christ, but to know that he alone is the Christ. He alone is the Christ. 
as you read through verses 2 through 7, doesn't Christ come to your mind again and again and again? Right? When he talks about a church leader must be a man whose life is above reproach, that is Christ, Christ alone. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control, live wisely, have a good reputation. All that was who Christ was at the forefront in his character and his heart. So the elders are called to emulate Christ. And best way to do that is to follow after him, to say he is the Christ. He is the Christ, and that's it. I love what one of our elders told our young elders, the what our church needs these days, more than anything else. It's not how great of a leader you are, how charismatic you are, how great of a teacher you are, how loving you are even, but simply your holiness. Basically what that means is not that you're so set apart, so great people can't come to you. Set apart holiness means you are following after Christ and in love with the Lord. Your robust relationship with Christ is what it means to be holy, to be set apart. When people see Christ in your life is what it means. And that's what not only our elders are called to do, but that's what we're all called to do, isn't it? To live in light of who gospel, the gospel of Christ that reminds us that we alone are saved. We are saved alone by Christ and Christ alone. There's only one way towards the cross, one way to Christ is no other way, so that the elders call here, again, to remind us, in all this qualification, is not a legalistic tendency to do all these things, but to say, because I am in Christ, I must point others to the one way, only way that is in Christ, in Christ alone. Again, the best thing to say for an elder to do for a church, for you as a member to do for the elder, is to love the Lord and to love one another as Christ has called us to be. Church, as I was thinking about this short message I was to give today, I know you're probably thinking, wow, that's really short. Can we do this every Sunday? Right? We have like all nation, we have the Lord's Supper and all this stuff. That's why it's a short sermon today. But I was thinking, what are better, best ways to help somebody, right? You go to the expert, don't you? Right? I always tell this to young people in here. When you have like a relationship questions about, oh, I like this person, I like this person, you know who they go to most of the time? You know what our teenagers go to? We go to our friends. I did it too. But you know what? They're not the experts. They don't have the ring on their finger. It means they're not successful yet. Maybe they are down the line. So I always tell them, go to the experts, people who have the rings on their fingers, who have suffered through difficulties of life, up and downs, and then go to them for advice on things, right? You don't go to um, cook for electric, uh, electric, electric problems in your life. Go to the experts, right? That's what we always say. Um, so I decided to go to the experts of our church of what it means to be an elder and woman shepherds, and asked our elders and woman shepherds, what does it mean? What advice can you give to our elders and woman shepherds? And I left out these three elders on purpose so I could read them to you here. So I want you to hear this. They're coming from our own leaders, right? Telling our new leaders, as well as all of us, a wisdom of what it means to lead and guide church. One person said, listen to your wife. We should just end it there, right? Amen. Let's pray, you know? Oh, Lord, you're so good. Like, right? Listen to your wife. Amen, brother. Uh, she can often see the signs of burnout, bad attitude, and banking on your own strength. Well, before you do, if only Pontius Pilate listened to his wife. Half joking, he says. I had to put that in there because he was really excited about that. All right. Another elder said, trust that our brothers and sisters place in us both an honor and very, uh, trust that our brothers and sisters place in us 
is both honor and very humbling. Bring that posture to everything you do as an elder of the church. Um, of course, these are elders, right? So they give scripture too. <laughs> this is trustworthy saying, if someone aspires to be a church leader, he desires an honorable position. Your calling and service as an elder is a great blessing. Enjoy the work. Saying you have to work, right? Um, someone says, Romans 12, 1, 2 says, living sacrifice of worship. You are pleasing unto God, so be pleased with the work you do unto the Lord. Um, one elder said, guard yourself. Guard yourself. Another woman shepherd. One shepherd shared, um, trust the Lord to equip each person with what is needed to do what he asks. Trust the Lord. Another woman shepherd said, uh, be fat, meaning faithful, available, and teachable. Another woman shepherd said, it is the Lord you are serving, and he will equip you with every good for doing his will, and may he work in you what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. You're thinking that scripture that is. Hebrews 13, 21, Colossians 3, 24. Another elder said, my encouragement to the new elders, there's truly no better way to experience and witness the abundance of God's love for the church and for his people than from your seat at the table of Christ's central leadership. Another woman shepherd said, like Elijah, discover under the broom tree, we are vulnerable to discouragement and even despair. We need rest, food, his presence, and community. Those rhythms are important. He says, God has given Christ Central amazing and wise, experienced women to serve alongside the elders and deacons the session of the church. Have ear to hear when they speak. I don't know about you. I didn't look at this before I prepared this. I think those are biblical messages, aren't they? Basically, simply saying, we're not the Christ. He is. We're not worthy to even scoop down to tie his shoelaces. He alone, church, is worthy. I don't know, church. If our leaders are like that, I want to be part of that. Because we recognize we're not worthy. Only he is worthy of our call. That's the message for us this morning, church. For our elders, they'll be ordained, as well as our church, called to follow in their example to follow the way that they point towards, one way towards the cross. Amen? Let's pray. Father, that's our prayer, Lord, as we come to ordain, to set apart our leaders this morning, that you give us heart to not only to follow, but as we see them be set apart, help us to remind them to follow after Christ, one way towards the cross, that we're not the Christ. He is. May you alone be the Christ of Christ-centered church, that Christ will be at the center of all that we do. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.